Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amid Bros. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Me Bros podcast. I'm one third of the Me Bros uh, your host here, D Mart, with my brothers, Jeremy and 85. Jeremy, how are we feeling, fellas? What's Man, going on? I'm feeling fantastic. Y'all, uh, y'all should be prepared. Okay. I'm coming out uh, fired up like Davo Swinney at an FSU press conference. So, you know what I mean? It's, 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 I'm throwing punches. I'm throwing a lot of punches today. So, uh, be prepared. You know what's funny about that? I, I clicked it, but for some reason, like the volume. Like after twenty seconds didn't work. So what? What did he say? He saw all the listeners. So were, for all the listeners, so he said about. he said three separate things this week. Uh, so apparently Clemson went down to play Florida State. One of their players tested positive for COVID the day before, but was isolated. And Florida State, after Clemson p- paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to come and play the game and flights, hotels, and all food, all that stuff. Um, they were like, "No, nah, we don't want to play the game." So Clemson said, "Well, look, we've already paid for all this stuff." If you're concerned about that, we will wait and stay here and play the game on Sunday or Monday so we don't have to fly back out here again in December to play all again and waste the same amount of money to come back out here. FSU was like, nah, we're good. And uh, so Dabo said they should forfeit the game because they were scared to play. And then the FSU coach said something. And Dabo said, um, well, I know for a fact when y'all played Pitt, Pitt had somebody test positive day of and y'all still played the game. Y'all were scared. FSU talking about how Dabo should be talking like a medical expert. And Dabo said, I don't take advice from anybody from Tallahassee. I've been here 12, head coach 12 years. I've been in this, in this, uh, with this team 18 years. They had three head coaches in the last four years. So I don't take any advice from Tallahassee. I said, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, shots taken. In true Clemson fashion. Okay. All right, Dabo. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on, man? What's popping? Hey, hey, man, not much. I'm uh, I'm sitting here chilling. Um, trying trying to heat back up from these uh cold picks from this week. So, oh wow, we gotta, yeah, let's be looking forward to getting into that. Um, but first of all, let me thank all of uh all the listeners for tuning in to us another week. Uh, make sure you like us, share us, uh, follow us on Instagram and me bros underscore podcast. And let's get into it, fellas. Uh, let's start with uh, what happened last night. Um. Tom Brady completely bombed Monday Night Football uh, through some terrible picks to uh, ultimately lose the game for his team. Um, let's start with you, Jared. What, what, uh, what should the Bucks be concerned right now uh, with uh, Tom Brady? Absolutely. Um, the the thing I really look at is this: Tom Brady has played four defenses that can generate a pass rush without blitzing. He's zero and four. And they've been terrible in all four games. First game was versus the Saints. Boom, they got blown out. Next game was versus the Bucks. They didn't get and Bucks the Bears. They didn't get blown out, but they scored I think sixteen points. Uh, the next game was versus the Saints again. They scored three points. And last night they scored twenty four. But the reality was I didn't think he played well at all. He threw two picks uh, that were costly. Probably should have thrown four picks um, if guys just caught the ball. You looked at. He threw the ball, and think about this in reality. He threw the ball 48 times for 208 yards. You understand how hard that is to do? Like to, to, 
to take a literally they, they talked about his deep uh, on deep shots down the field. He was one of nine with two interceptions down the field. Last couple games, he's completing the lowest percentage of deep balls in the league uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, and I think the biggest problem that you're seeing with that offense is this. One, I'm 35 years old right now. I turned 36 in a couple months. I don't like being hit. Like, there's certain things that, like, to be honest, like, as a kid, like, I don't know, I watch my kids, they run and slide on the carpet. I'm like, no, that's rub bar. Like, I know that hurts. Like, or whatever it is. They just run and do whatever. They have these young legs, young bodies where, like, and it's just different, right? At 35, my body does not like being hit nearly as much as I could tolerate it at 25. Tom Brady's 43 years old. Getting hit has to, I mean, it sucks at 25, but at 43, it's got to feel terrible. So um, I think the reality is he doesn't want to get hit. So whenever there's anybody that can generate pressure, he's more willing to force that throw. You saw the first interception, there was a, a pass rusher in his face. He didn't want to get hit. He just threw it too early. Um, and and I, I think that's really something to be concerned about. And now you're going to look at the only thing I can take solace in if I'm a Bucks fan is they're sliding themselves perfectly for the fifth seed uh, if they win out or win the, win the games they need to win. And that would mean they would play the Philadelphia Eagles or the Cal- Dallas Cowboys first round so they get a playoff win. But outside of that, I mean, it's 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 bad. I mean, to, to be honest, I would rather be the five seed than the three, two. <laughs> if I'm the two seed, uh, if, if, if I'm they, they wouldn't they wouldn't be the five. I mean, they wouldn't be the four seed right now. Um, or so the five seed, they would be the six seed because you got Seattle sitting right there at uh, at yeah, at yeah seven but the, seven to three as well. But well, yeah, so they they'd be behind Seattle. But the reality is, a lot of those teams still play each other. Rams still play Seattle. Uh, Rams still play Cardinals again. Like, there's a lot of things in place. I'm just saying personally, like let's say if you're the Rams and you're the two seed right now. All right, so you're the two seed and you play the seven seed. So I I played the Cardinals, or would I rather be the five seed and have to go and play Carson? Uh, Carson, the worst quarterback in the league, wins. I mean, like literally, I, there's there's no no question. I, I I significantly rather play that. So that's the only solace they can take is that maybe they fall to the five seed, but they have some serious issues. And their cornerbacks, I mean, Cooper Cup was cooking all game, so that would be a concern as well. Yeah, un, very underrated. Jared, Jared, I'll uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'll speak to uh, what you said about Brady feeling that pressure because he threw a couple dump dump offs to. Uh, Fournette and like he was clearly rushed and Fournette was looking at this dude like what is wrong with you man like put a ball to me like in my hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah he, he definitely felt that pressure Jim what do you think about this uh this Brady fiasco uh on Monday Night Football he was who I thought he was um back to you know just thinking about what I said the Buccaneers were going to be this year yeah, they're right in line I mean I said I thought they'd be ten and six. Uh, they may get to eleven and five. They're definitely losing again this week against the Chiefs. So um, just looking at what they are, man, it's it's one of those things. You don't build a cake by building the icing first. You build it by building the actual cake, and they got a lot of icing. And Antonio Brown is not an elite receiver at this point anymore. Um, I was warning people about that. I'm not saying he can't get back to being it, 
But when you take a year and a half off, I saw the greatest basketball player of all time take a year off, and it took him a full year to get back to where he was. I didn't think Antonio Brown was going to be able to take a, a full year and a half off and come back and be prime AB. So uh, he's not that anymore. Um, their receivers are really jump ball receivers. They're not really uh, proficient route running receivers. It's more push-offs, deep balls down the field, things like that. And that's not what Tom Brady does. I was saying that forever. Uh, honestly, this team has looked a lot worse since Antonio Brown came in because Scotty Miller, who seems to be the most Brady-like receiver, um, has not gotten much playing time since then, uh, and they can't protect him. I, see, I keep hearing people talk about uh, Ali Marpet. I really don't want to hear about him ever again. Hey, uh, he looks good, though, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, on, on two-yard good, routes. On, on those two-yard routes, he's looking great. Um, but whenever but, they started playing, playing press coverage, but you gotta remember he, though, he couldn't Jeremy, do anything. AB did get behind defense. Brady just missed him. Like there's there's a couple of them where yeah. AB got got deep. Now he is is AB prime AB right now. No, but he he. If looked, you look at that pass, he didn't have he had a slight step, but it it had to be perfect. It had to be a perfect throw. It wasn't like he had a big a big cushion like AB normally would get when he's going against the second or third best corner because it's not like they threw Jalen on him. Um. So, I mean, I, I agree. AB's still good. But to me, he's, I don't know, Adam Thielen good. He's not best receiver in the league good anymore. Um, and I should, maybe I shouldn't say Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen tends to make some kind of one-handed touchdown catch Adam every Thielen, week. Adam um, Thielen is, is looking at you like Michael <laughs> Jordan and saying, I took offense at that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in my other fantasy league where I'm 8-3, and three, he's uh, – Got COVID, and he's on my team. So uh, let me get back to it. Overall, um, I thought this game was a lot closer on the scoreboard than it actually was in real life. Uh, Tom Brady threw what should have been a pick early in the first half where he overthrew um, Mike Evans by um, about five yards, and Johnson just dropped it. Um, They ended up putting on that possession. Um, The first touchdown possession, there was a pass interference called on third and eight. There was nowhere near a pass interference. Um, and they scored a touchdown in that possession. It, it probably gave him an extra 30 yards. The next possession, um, Mike Evans pushed off on the catch on the two-yard line. They called defensive pass interference. It should have been first and 20 um, and moved them back a little further. So I thought their first two touchdowns um, were really, really lucky. Uh, he had the other two picks that looked like they were punts. And we can't forget about the fumble that somehow wasn't a fumble. I, I don't know how this always happens for Brady. But I don't know how that that doesn't end up with the Rams having the ball in the five yard line. Because his arm was going forward. Yeah, his arm was going forward, but the ball just happened already to be loose in it. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that was a terrible miss on the, by the refs. But oh, that, overall, yeah, that was not a miss. Nobody complained yeah, I, about that at all. No, well, people, nobody people complained did, about it because they already lost. Complained about it today, but damn it, I agree with you. I I didn't see much there. I thought it was clearly his hand was going forward, but. I was surprised at how many people today kept saying it, was, it should have been a fumble. I didn't. I didn't see it that way. For, for the sake it, of uh, the the first time, you know, the historic night it was with the refs, all black refing crew, which was uh, super dope. I was hoping they didn't get that call uh, wrong. That's, that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, gosh, yeah. guys, please don't, please don't f this call up. But it did yeah. look like the guys uh, uh, Brady's arm was going forward and should have been incomplete pass. But go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. No, no, you're, no, you're good. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of get that. It looked like he was about to start his arm forward, but to me, it looked like before he could actually get into a throwing motion, the ball was already loose. And you can see, like normally, when when the when guy's arm is going forward, you see a little spinning. It wasn't spinning at all. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I thought the Rams played very, very conservatively in the second half. They played not to lose. People were talking about their the the Buccaneers defense. The Buccaneers defense kept them in the game because they would they have like five three and outs in the in the fourth the third and fourth quarter of the Rams. So I mean, it was one of those things of where Brady and the offense looked terrible. Um, McVay was playing super conservatively. They finally tied it up. Then he goes into uh, up tempo, which was working the entire game every time they ran it. They get down to the thirty. He then runs the ball three times and kicks a field goal as if he knew three points would be enough for Tom Brady not to come back to tour again. So, um, again, uh, to the, to the, the rest of the season, um, they gotta be careful. I mean, they're, they're not solely in the playoffs yet. So, um, you know, I th- obviously I think they're going to make the playoffs, but you lose this week, you're seven and five. Um, the bear, the bears win this week, they're six and five and the bears got to win against you. And I mean, they could push you out of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. All right, fellas, let's move into some NBA. Uh, the NBA free agency began. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. Who do you think uh, were the biggest winners in this uh, free agency? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, overall, as far as the winners in free agency, I, I don't really think anybody's really separated themselves. Um, if I if I had to if I had to make a pick, I don't know. Probably the Lakers because the Lakers finished the year as the number as the number one seed, and they haven't really nothing has really changed that that would that would change that for um, for my opinion. I think the Warriors got worse, obviously, because because uh, Clay's out. Even though I love to hear Steph, Steph Curry say they're still going for coming for the Lakers and coming to get that title. Um, I think uh, the Clippers got slightly better, mainly because uh, I don't think that I think Serge Ibaka is a better player than. Um, What's the guy's name? Just went back to the, uh, just went over to the Lakers. Uh, Montrezl Harrell. Um, uh, Harrell. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a better player than Harrell. Harrell's a little shorter. Harrell's not a good defender at all. He's a terrible defender, in fact. Um, and so when he has Harrell's to play, not a terrible defender uh, against ter- anybody. He's a terrible defender. No, he's a terrible defender. He's like six seven. He's a terrible defender when he's going versus a huge big. He's not a terrible defender overall. Well, I mean, he's not a shot blocker. He, he, I mean, he's he's an okay defender overall. But he, they, I mean, he, he's not a good enough defender to be a, a defender on the Clippers. They needed a shot blocker. They got that with Serge Ibaka. Um, I think overall, just looking at the way the teams stack stack up, I have to give them the, uh, make them the favorite. Um, if if we're going into you know who's improved the most since the season ended, I mean, that pick is obviously the the Brooklyn Nets because they got Kyrie back, they got Kevin Durant back. Um, there's a chance I could get James Harden. Um, they signed uh, Jeff Green, uh, who's not obviously not going to be a huge uh, piece to them. But I, I, I like some of the little moves they've made, and I think they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, glad to see all the young guys getting their money. Um, obviously, my boy B.I. got his money today. Uh, Jason Tatum, another Duke guy. Coach K, <laughs> Coach K players getting paid. Um, De'Aaron Fox got his max deal. Um, after I said the Lakers should have drafted him over – um, over Lonzo Ball. Uh, Donovan Mitchell got his max deal after I said that Lonzo Ball would not be a top three-point guard in that draft. Uh, not going to take everything back to Lonzo, but, geez, that was a bad pick. Magic, worst GM ever. Um, and, oh, another guy who got paid, uh, Bam got paid. And somehow, I, as soon as I said Magic was the worst GM of all time, somehow Mag- uh, Michael Jordan decided he was going to pay Gordon Hayward $120 million. I mean, I don't, you, you can't make this stuff up. So, yeah. Um, 
overall, I'd say the Lakers are still the best team uh, on paper, but you got to see how it plays out this year. Looking to see how my boys make some improvements. I think we're going to put some pressure on them and maybe uh, maybe going to push them to seven games. Jared, what do you think? I don't think there's really a legitimate chance that it happened. Um, I, th- I think this this I'm not sure if it's a trick question or or we're, we're joking. Hey, or, hey guys, before before what's before going go, on? I just want I just want you guys to know Jared comes up with these questions. So Jared says I don't know if this is a trick question, as if this wasn't a question that he came up with. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, well, I said I don't know if it's a, a trick question in the sense that like it was a surprise of who 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 won. I mean, this is like watching, I don't know, the bubble and saying who won the bubble. Um, it is unquestionably the Lakers. Let's look at this from a realistic standpoint. All right, so you, you're the Lakers. You somehow turn JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. And regardless of which, and I, I, like, I like both of them, but neither one of them are at this point are close to the, the level that they, they've played at for years. So if you turn those two guys into uh, Montrezl Harrell and Marc Gasol and you somehow get them on really, I think, team-friendly deals. Um, Marc Gasol came over on a two-year, $5.3 million deal with um, no team or player option. Um, you get Montrezl Harrell uh, on a two-year, $19 million deal, the same deal that, that, that Tristan Thompson got, the same deal that the Clippers got for Serge Ibaka. But one of the things I think you get from uh, – Montrezl Harrell is a good player. People, I think, look at the bubble, and they forgot how well he played this year. Um, and I think a lot of people did that because they didn't look at the fact that uh, Montrezl was dealing with a lot in the bubble. His uh, grandmother was who raised him, um, and she ended up dying right before the bubble. So he was out for the first couple weeks of the bubble, didn't get to go through any of the training camp, didn't really get a chance to, to play. Um you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're that's where you're at. You're um you're in the midst of a, a, a final trying to trying to make the finals or whatever it may be. So I I thought um I thought he played you know he struggled, but I thought it was reasonable that he was going to struggle just based off of the circumstances that he had. Um, so I think that was a great pickup. Dennis Schroeder for Rondo I think is an upgrade. Uh, even though I love Rondo in the playoffs, especially when you consider the regular season and age. Um, Wes Matthews I think is an upgrade over Danny Green. Uh, and you look at a, a lineup right now that, it, you, and, and by the way, on, on, in addition to that, you get uh, you get Markeith Morris resigned. So um, if, if we're going to look at it reasonably, we got you know Markeith Morris, who if you look at his numbers are nearly identical to Marcus Morris, who got sixty four million. We got him for a veterans minimum. Um, so uh, I, I think overall, Jim, I, I just want to I want to ask you a quick question. I don't want to interrupt you. What? I, I give I, to me. I think you guys play stayed pretty stagnant. But some of the stuff you're bringing up, I'm like, I don't get what you're. I don't get what you're talking about because I look at Mark Gasol and I say, here's a guy who shot 42% last year at center and averaged 7.5 points a game. He turns 36 this year and he can't defend nearly as well as Dwight Howard or anybody like that. I mean, I think Montrez Harrell is the best player that you guys lost or gained probably. But I'm not telling you Dennis Schroeder is better than Ryder Rondo. I don't think he's better at all. Sure, I'm not telling sure you that. Dennis Schroeder 19 points a game this year. Like we're, we're not going to ally. And, and yeah, but he can't run. All. We can't. But Jared, you can look at him and say last year Kyle Kuzma averaged 18 points a game. That doesn't mean he's better. But <laughs> but there's a difference. One Dennis Schroeder 
has for his career been a always been a very very solid player um who who whose nickname was uh German Rondo he plays a very similar style to what Rondo did and I, I think one of the things that is one of the big takeaways I have from the signing of Dennis Schroeder is this not only do I think he's going to be a good fit because of you know I, I like his style with our team but I think the other aspect of it is he's somebody who can push the ball who gets the ball at the floor and can shoot. He's a much better shooter than Rondo when you can, you factor that in. And, and when you look at our roster, you, you give a lineup. The starting lineup is probably going to be Shooter, KCP, who was also re-signed, LeBron, AD, and Mark Gasol. And off the bench is going to be Alice Caruso, Wes Matthews, um, the uh, uh, Mar- Markeith Morris, um, Kuzma, and then uh, Harold. I, mean, I, I don't think you have a, a. I don't think there's a better starting lineup in the league there. So um, I'm very pleased. I think I think the Lakers by far won the won the uh, free agency. I would have to agree with you. Uh, Lakers had a great uh, great uh, free agency trade. The, uh, the the buses definitely did their thing. Um, let's keep it. Um, let's keep it in the NBA, fellas. Uh, Bam Tatum Fox. Uh, Bi, uh, Spider, they all signed max deals, man. Shout out to those boys, man. They got paid. Um, let's talk about who specifically out of these these uh these fellows would you guys choose to build around? Um, let's start with you, Jared. On this, who would you structure in, in a perfect world? Your team, who would you structure uh your organization around? Out of these five, uh, it's a tough pick. Now, obviously, ideally, I would just build my team around Luca. But out of these five, I would have to go with Tatum. The reason is, um, and I think all of them are really talented. I think um, Tatum to me has the ability to possibly be a top five to 10 player in the league this year. Um, Tatum's already a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you can make the argument. I, t- here's the thing. I don't know if he's top 10. The the thing is, and I, I would say he probably is, but the, the problem that I have now with saying people are top 10 is how deep the league is. I mean, when you're looking at 10, you're looking at, like, Jimmy Butler. Like, it's it's tough. Like, you start to actually, like, when you go through it and say, all right, who are the who are the 10 best players in the league? It's a, it's a short list, man. It's, it's like you – know, you, by the time you get to like Harden, it's like all right, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Steph, Giannis, Harden. All right, cool. Now I throw in Luka, Jokic. Like I'm at like Jimmy Butler, Kyrie, like that range before I get to top ten. So uh, like I like I said, I think that uh, Tatum has that ability to, to reach that level. Um, but also I think the thing about Tatum that that makes him him special is um, he's got such size and physicality for his age. Um, I think his body is more developed than a Brandon Ingram. Uh, although Ingram is longer, probably a little, little more KD-ish than, 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 um, than Ingram. I just think he's got the, he's got the physical strength to be able to continue to, you know, body and muscle people around. Um, so I, ultimately if I was going to rank these in order, I would probably go, um, I'd probably go Tatum, then Mitchell, then B.I., then Bam, then Fox. No slide on Fox there either. Um, I like him a lot, but um, there's just so many good point guards in the league, and it's hard to win um, 
it's hard to win with a, a you know point guard. But um, I, I just think it's one of those situations now where um, it's 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 tough. I, I, if you make making me you know choose off the top of my head, I'd probably go Tatum. Jeremy, who do you have? Very very tough uh, question. Because I'll be honest, I like all these players. I before the draft, like I said before, thought Donovan, I thought uh, De'Aaron Fox should have been the pick at number two for the Lakers. Uh, apparently, all of the Lakers GMs Scott. or uh, not GM uh, talent evaluators told Magic Johnson that the pick, yeah, um, told uh, the, the Magic that he uh, Magic he should have drafted uh, Donovan Mitchell many many times and said he was by far the best player at that pick, and he drafted Lonzo instead. Um, Donovan's a beast. Uh, Tatum, who was the next pick, was a beast. Uh, if you look at that, look back at that draft and say, "Hey, the top two picks were uh, Lonzo and uh, uh, Markel Fultz." I tell you what, uh, that's uh, unfortunate for those two teams. But overall, if you had to ask me who I, who I'll pick, I'll pick Brandon Ingram. Um, I take Brandon Ingram over. Um, then I'd probably go Jason Tatum. Then I would go uh, Donovan Mitchell. Then I would go De'Aaron Fox. Then I'd go Bam Last, just because. Uh, I'm not sure how how well Bam's offensive game is going to develop. I think I see Bam has been a very very good defensive player uh, and a great number two, but I think the rest could be number ones. Um, if I just look at it from an offensive standpoint, um, just look at how many points they average. Ingram averaged 23.8, Tatum averaged 23.4, Donovan averaged 24 even. Um, Tatum shot 45 percent or sorry, Mitchell shot 45 percent from the field, 37 percent from three. Ingram shot 46% from the field, 39% from three, and Tatum shot uh, 45% from the field and 40% from three. So they're all right there in the same ballpark. The most efficient um, was Ingram um, as far as when you're looking at effective field goal percentage, things like that. Um, as far as passing, I think uh, it's right right there even. Ingram and uh, Donovan Mitchell both average four assists a game. Tatum's a little behind them. Uh, and as far as rebounding, um, Tatum's gotten beat at seven, Ingram's at six, and Donovan's at four. So if you're looking at just their their production from a stat standpoint, I think they're pretty close to even. Donovan Mitchell obviously has carried his team a little bit more. Um, Tatum has done a great job in his team of winning, but this team made the conference finals the year before he got there. So um, I think you're kind of, you know, splitting hairs when you're looking at these three. Me personally, I think Brandon Ingram um, has the highest ceiling of all of them. I think Donovan Mitchell is a great Jimmy, athlete. I think, stop it. Damn, Brandon Ingram will be the best player in the league in two years. Just, just mark it down. Um, it's next year, right? So just looking at, yeah. Well, not this season. The next season, yeah. yeah. Um, this, yeah. So I, I, um, I just look back at it. I mean, I feel like a lot of times people look at it and say, "Well, Jason Tatum, it's you know he's better offensively than Ingram." But if you look at the last three years, every year he's been in the league, he shot more shots and averaged less points. So um, at the end of the day, I, I think uh, Ingram this year will average close to 28, 29 points a game. Uh, the Pelicans will make a huge jump. And I saw a picture of Zion the other day. Zion looks like he's been laying off some of the New Orleans food. So, hey, man, top four seed. Let's go. All right, fellas, let's, uh, let's keep it in the NFL. Um, the Ravens lost to the Titans and currently sitting out of the playoffs. Um, what's your biggest concern with the Ravens right now? Let's start with you, Jeremy, on this topic. Uh, I'll be 100% honest with you. I really don't have any concerns with the Ravens. Uh, I think the Ravens' defense can be had if you, they don't get a lead and you're allowed to run the ball against them and, and could keep the run game going because I think right now with Calais Campbell out, um, I, I don't think their defensive line is great. I think their offensive line has shown a, some, some vulnerability since 
Uh, Ronnie Stanley went out. But overall, there's a lot of people that are very critical of the Ravens right now and Lamar Jackson. And I just want to give you guys um, probably just a little insight into this guy who had a similar situation. Like he won the MVP, and then the next year his team started six and four, uh, and they lost like two straight games, and people were starting to question them. Oh, yeah, it was like last year it was this guy named Patrick Mahomes, and he won the Super Bowl. So um, overall – I think uh, – do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, but I do think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to win this week despite not having so many of their players with COVID this week. Um, and the crazy thing about it is they talked about how uh, how crazy the COVID protocols are in uh, Baltimore um, with, the, with the Ravens. They've been doing even above and beyond what is required by the NFL, and they still have uh, an outbreak, which kind of sucks for them, but it tells you how, how quickly that, that virus can spread. Um, I think uh, I would love to see Lamar do a little bit more. I think they got to give him some more weapons, though. I would love to see them um, prioritize another number one wide receiver or an actual number one wide receiver in the draft this year. Uh, I think, you know, that's really what they're needing. But I was asking Jared this question earlier today. I said, if you took Lamar Jackson and dropped him in for Tom Brady on Tampa Bay, would you be ner- more nervous about them? And my question, my answer was absolutely yes. I think um, – I would be a lot more concerned about Tampa Bay if they had Lamar Jackson on their team. So um, I feel the same way about the Ravens. Uh, the AFC is is pretty stacked this year. If you're looking at the fact that they've got, um, you know, we've got seven spots now, and they're still concerned about a team that's six and four not getting into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think they'll end up, you know, getting in. I think they'll end up being very very good in the playoffs, and I think they're going to be that team nobody wants to play. Nobody's going to want to sign up to play them first round. Um, I don't think the Steelers for sure don't want to play them because they got beaten up on both sides of the ball the last time they played. And the only team I would bet them beating, honestly, in another playoff series is the Chiefs. And that's just because the Chiefs kind of own them. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's, it's time to do like uh, Aaron Rodgers used to say in R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Okay. Jerry, what do you think about this Ravens team right now? I think the same concerns are are coming up on them that I warned you guys of a couple of weeks ago. I think the reality is I've seen this happen too many times. And what happens is you have a guy who has a unique skill set and that person can thrive for a certain amount of time. And after that time, the league, regardless of who you are and what you do, will figure you out regardless of what it is. And once they figure you out, the question is, do you have a counter? And I think that's really what we've seen. We saw in the the comps, I would say, is Greg Roman, who's his offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick looked unstoppable for his first year and a half, made the Super Bowl. Next year, made the NFC Championship game. Looked like he was, you know, there, there was Ron Jaworski and some of the analysts who said he was the greatest prospect we had ever seen. Right. And then. Teams figured him out, and he didn't have. He had the fastball, but he had nothing else. And I'm not telling you that Lamar doesn't have anything else. What I'm telling people is he's got to figure it out. And the problem I see right now, the biggest concern I would have, is there's one of two things. And I, I use the same analogy when you look at the Eagles and what's going on with with their uh, quarterback situation. Is it's either one, they don't have the right offensive coordinator because Lamar can run a traditional style offense and he just doesn't give him those plays, or two, that Lamar can't run those. 
and he can't run a traditional style offense. And if that's the that's the problem. That's a bigger issue than the actual OC situation. I, I'm rooting for Lamar. I think Lamar, it, from everything you see, one of the things I love about any kind of player is a player that comes back the next year better than he was the year before. And that's what you see with Lamar. Every year he comes back as an improved version of himself. But now the, the teams have figured him out. And if you listen to what Bill Belichick said this week, you saw what, what Mike Tomlin said a couple weeks ago. The thought process is that he's not a complete quarterback, that he can't beat you with his arm. And right now they're the, the 31st ranked pass offense in the NFL. Uh, and until he proves that he can he can beat people with his arm, it's going to be something he's still going to have to continue to deal with. I, I will throw this out, though. Um, just if you look at him, if you compare him, like, you know, everybody's comparing him to last year. They are 10 games into the season. He's already been sacked more times than he got sacked all last year. Um, they don't have nearly the line they had before. They don't have nearly the run game because people are figuring out their scheme. If you look at his yards per attempt and things like that, I mean, he's very, very similar to where he was last year. I mean, he he averaged 11.8 yards per uh, per throw last year. He's averaging 11.1 this year. He averaged 208 yards passing last year, 194 this year. Um, he's a 63.4% completion. He was at 66.1 last year, so slightly slightly down. Um, but overall, it's 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 is minimum. Um, and I just think, but Jeremy, here, here's the, here's the thing I'll say though real quick on that. Remember when we were talking about this last year and I said, and the conversation was who was a, who was the better passer between him and uh, Deshaun. And I said, Deshaun's a better passer. I said, the thing about it is Lamar is, I, I compare Lamar at the time to Steph Curry. And I said, Steph Curry, I said, when people say who's got a better handle, Steph Curry or, uh, or uh, Kyrie, like Steph Curry really doesn't have a handle close to Kyrie. The thing is, Steph Curry is, has such a unique talent as a shooter that you have to close out on him so hard that then his handle becomes more lethal. It makes his quickness even more because you have to close out on him because of his shot. And Lamar is the same way where his he's he's never been a, a, an elite passer, but he's been so deadly with his legs that he forces defenses to have to put themselves in a harm's way to try to defend it. And now the question is, you know, when, when teams do take away that, that, that aspect, if Steph Curry could no longer shoot the way Steph Curry shoots because defense is somehow figuring it out, you know, would he still be Steph Curry? Yeah. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I, just, I look at it also and say, you know, the guy is 25 and nine in his career as a starter. Uh, when you include the playoffs. And if you look at what he did to that Indianapolis Colts defense just th- three weeks ago, and then you look at what that Colts defense did to Aaron Rodgers this week throwing, uh, they had a better chance. They, had, they did better against Aaron Rodgers than they did against Lamar Jackson, just saying. That, uh, in the second half. Lamar, I, I still said that, that game, Lamar played awful first half. He was excellent second half. And he still – Aaron Rodgers did, still did better. Aaron Rodgers put up 31 points. Um and Ravens didn't put up 31. But uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying it's all Lamar's fault. They should get him a better – a bigger – a good receiver. Des, now, I'm not sure if yours didn't watch the game. Des looked good. Des looked like – I'm not saying Des looked like he was going to be, um, you know, the the answer um, as like, hey, he's the number one receiver. But Des looked good. Um, the question really is – you know, can can he can they figure it out? Can they get him some weapons or, or whatever it is, or is it just scheme? Yeah. One last thing, 
Um, it tells you a lot about what a team's talent is at the wide receiver position when you bring in Des Bryant off the street, who hasn't played in three years, and he gets into your lineup and gets significant playing time. Yeah, it tells you a lot about Des, man. Um, well, let's uh, let's start talking about your team a little bit, Jeremy. Um, Taysom Hill came in, filled in for Breeze this past week. Looked very, very solid, man. Um, do you think that uh, Taysom Hill is going to be your your um, long-term answer at the quarterback position? Yes, I think Steve Young – I mean, Taysom Hill is going to <laughs> be – If you don't stop, it's nonsense. Yeah, I caught that. Uh, I mean, if we really want to look at it, and I was telling somebody this, we really have the reincarnation of Steve Young. Um, we're talking about a running quarterback from BYU. I know people say, well, well you know, he's 30 years old. You know, how, how are we going to, you know, put this guy in as a starter at 30 years old? You know how old Steve Young was when he took over from Joe Montana? He was 31 years old. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, he had starts before that. You know, Steve Young was, you know, the number one pick of the draft. And, you know, Steve Young did all this stuff. And I say, yeah, you want to know what Steve Young did in his first 19 starts? He went 3-16. and 16, And he had a completion percentage of 53%. He had 11 touchdowns to 21 interceptions, and he was god-awful. So um, looking to see what Taysom does, I was shocked at the style in which we played. I thought it would be a lot more running um, from the quarterback position, and he played a pretty traditional stand-in-the-pocket throwing day. And uh, I I love that portion mainly because I'm glad to see that he can do it because I don't care how big and strong you are. If you run enough, you're going to get hurt. Um, so maybe he can be the franchise quarterback, stand in the pocket and make those throws. Um, he had, he went 28 or sorry, 18 of 23. Um, and he should have been 19 of 23 because one pass he threw and it hit Michael Thomas square in his hands and he dropped it because I don't think he's used to the ball coming that fast. So, um, overall, I thought he had a great game. Uh, I saw him, I'm glad he got, uh, that, that one last run at the end where he fumbled, but he still got 27 yards because there's somebody in this, uh, group chat or not group chat, um, somebody in this uh, podcast who bet him over 45 and a half rushing yards for the game. And that definitely put me over. So um, overall, I think he's going to carry us to wins in the next three games. I think Drew Brees, hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping Drew Brees doesn't come back to after the Kansas City game um, and uh, play the Vikings game and then the Panthers game at the end of the season. Uh, and then we go into the playoffs with Drew Brees with, with Taysom Hill coming out and throwing some balls. I think um, the reason why I would say I would I would hold them off until after um, the Chiefs game is the Chiefs actually have some pass rushers. The Vikings uh, don't get after the passer and neither do the Panthers. So I think uh, having Drew Brees wait one extra week um, and get some reps without pressure in his face where he's run, maybe his ribs can heal a little bit more, um, I think is important. So um, I wouldn't put it past Taysom Hill beating anybody at quarterback right now. Um, because our defense is so is so legit. In the last three weeks, we've given up one touchdown. One touchdown in three weeks. That includes playing Tom Brady. That includes playing against Kyle Shanahan's scheme. And then includes playing against uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and all those guys. So um, best team in football right now lives in New Orleans, resides in New Orleans. And uh, one other thing I'll throw out. You know, when Drew Brees comes back and we start running these uh, – regular offense, and then you know how Taysom Hill comes in and, and, and generally everybody knows we're going to run the ball. Imagine what happens if Taysom is, you know, through four games still completing 70-something percent of the passes, and then you could bring Taysom in on those plays. Yeah, you're not going to see nine people or ten people in the box, and if you do, it's going to be pretty, pretty bad because Sean Payton's going to be a lot more confident with him throwing the ball. So 
Um, I like to see what some of those uh, formations are we're able to run going forward. I'm very excited to see what happens. Would love to have seen Jameis too. I think Jameis still has a big future. Um, everybody brings up his 30 interceptions, but um, you know, just to throw it out there, Jameis had his 30 interceptions with Bruce Arians. Um, Carson Wentz's last year, or not Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Palmer's last year with uh, Bruce Arians, he threw 22 picks. Um, Tom Brady's on pace to throw 15 picks, which is going to be his career high. And then Andrew Luck's year with Bruce Arians, he threw 18 picks. So uh, maybe it's not necessarily the quarterback. Okay, okay. Uh, Jared, what do you got to say about this in response to what, Jer- what Jeremy just said? One, I was extremely upset. I told Jeremy before the game, I said, I wish I could t- take back my pick. Because a part of fat me fattering in the Falcons covering versus the Saints was specifically Tatum, I not Tatum, uh, Taysom Hill not being the starting quarterback because I knew he would bring in an element of surprise because nobody's seen him throw more than three passes in a game since he was at BYU. And I factored in Jameis throwing multiple interceptions. Um, look, Taysom looked good. I'm not going to take anything away from him. I thought they moved the ball pretty well. Um, obviously, he's going versus the Falcons defense, so that that's nothing to write home about. But I like the fact that they did not change the system and uh, in, in, in the way that I expected them to. Um, I, to an extent, thought they were going to have a new look, Tim Tebow-style offense where he throws the ball a little bit, but he has a lot more runs. Um, and I thought they were running the wishbone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought they were going to go triple option and just, you know, start, start throwing yeah. all backwards passes. But, you know, at the end of the day, they, they ran a, a pretty traditional style offense. Um, I think the, the good thing about this is, he didn't need to, and I'm sure Sean Payton, if the game was close, had some calls that he could have made that would have utilized his. Some people said he ran a four, three, four, two, somewhere in that range as, at his pro day. I don't believe that, but um, you know the the elusiveness that he has in his speed and his, his size. I think there's some probably some trick plays they had up up their sleeves, but they looked at it and said, "We don't need this versus the Falcons," and I would agree. So. Do I think he's the quarterback of the future? I think that's putting a lot on it. I think the whole Steve Young narrative is uh, it's cute, uh, but the reality is, I mean, I, I remember people telling me when um, you know it was it was the debate of is Kirk Cousins the next Drew Brees when he when he was uh, in um, was sitting, sitting back in Washington, and I said Kirk Cousins is good, but Kirk Cousins is not Drew Brees, and Drew Brees doesn't come around very often. In the same way, I think Steve Young is one of the probably most underrated quarterbacks in the history of the league, obviously because he played behind Joe Montana for so long and then he had the concussion issues. But um, do I think that he could be? He's got all the talent. He's, he's, he's faster than probably nearly every quarterback in the league, not named Kyler and Lamar. Uh, he's, he's probably as physically big and stronger than probably any quarterback in the NFL, not named maybe Josh Allen, probably maybe even stronger than Josh. I, I Obviously – Obviously, I, I think well, yeah, I think he's definitely the strongest. Uh, it'd be, be basically down to him and Cam. Uh, as far as straight speed, obviously he's not nearly as elusive as Kyler. But if you just put them he's on not. a track and have them race, not I'm not Kyler. sure Kyler would beat him. Uh, he's not being. I don't know. He, he they say he he won a he, I did not not this year. Last year he won a race against all the players in the Saints, including I'm, including I, wide the receivers. The thing about there, Kyler but. is. <laughs> They Kyler on the field doesn't even look the same. Like Kyler's significantly faster than Lamar straight line speed. Um, and you think so? I think his feet hit the ground a lot, and he moves. He's really, really quick. I don't. I, uh, I don't know they, about straight yeah, line speed. But here's the thing. I, like I said, I, I won't take anything away from from uh, Taysom. I think Taysom has a chance. And if he, the, the good thing about him is 
He's had enough time where if this if this dude can't read a defense by now, he's got issues. I mean, he's been sitting behind Drew Brees for about eighteen years, so he he should know every he should know every <laughs> coverage. Um, and I remember I'm, I'm happy for him because I remember when he was at BYU. This guy was a a Heisman candidate every year, and I swore this dude towards ACL three straight years. And I was like, like three games into the season every time. And uh, so I thought his career yeah. was going to be over. And, and you know, good luck to him. I, I do I expect him to be the long term starter? Uh, I think it's too early to say. I would if I had to bet, I'd probably say no. I'd probably say they they probably end up drafting another quarterback. I don't think it's going to be Jameis either, but I think they either draft another quarterback or they maybe you know get a Sam Darnold or somebody like that and. Maybe Carson Wentz. I don't know. Sean Payton may be able to fix the brokenness. <laughs> but uh, Oh, hell no. Yeah, that that's about it. Oh no. But we we're not we're not Carson believers. One last thing I'll throw out. Uh, I thought Rex Ryan brought this up the other day and, and I thought it was funny and kinda um true. He's like, I watched the game that was a four point game, and I watched the Saints defensive players on the sideline dancing. I haven't seen that. He said, I haven't seen that look since I was coaching the Ravens uh, uh, defensive lines. And it was like they were almost saying, you guys can actually turn the ball over if you want. We're just going to stop. <laughs> and that's kind of how they were looking at the Falcons. The Falcons had no chance. Matt Ryan got sacked eight times. He got sacked eight times last time we played him, too. So he's got sacked 16 times in the last two games. Cam Jordan now has 21 sacks on Matt Ryan. There's no player in NFL history before that had 20 sacks against one player. He's got 21 sacks against Matt Ryan. I mean, he says uh, he said in his pregame that it, the, his favorite team to play against is the Falcons, mainly because he loves hitting Matt Ryan. So uh, <laughs> you say that and then get three sacks. It's hilarious. Matt Ryan <laughs> run like he has sleds on his feet. <laughs> like, He's so unathletic. <laughs> so slow. All right. Um, nobody wanted to listen to me. Real quick, D, nobody wanted to listen to me when I said – that the best move for both parties was the Falcons to trade Matt Ryan to the 49ers. Um, and, and I think I think it would have made the 49ers instantaneously contenders again with Jimmy Garoppolo out. He would have been paired with Kyle Shanahan. He would have already known the entire offense. And the Falcons could reboot and not win these games that puts them out of position to draft a legitimate franchise quarterback. I think that, w- that would have utterly been the, the by far the best decision to make. They didn't make it. And now they're just average, probably worse than average. All right, uh, let's uh, let's end the uh, NFL discussion with uh, my boy Pat Mahomes. Um, he got the best, <clears throat> excuse me, he got the best of uh, Carr uh, the other night. Really, really uh, good game. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I thought Gruden was the best game of the weekend. Hmm? It's the best game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I thought Gruden was going to pull off a, an upset with no practice, or, uh, you know, the, the week before, but didn't quite happen like that. But uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. What did you think about this performance from uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs? Man, they they had me nervous for a second because, you know, I personally um, had the Kansas City Chiefs in a teaser, and they were the last leg of my teaser, and I had them at minus one. So I was sitting there back watching the game, and I got nervous only when they punted the ball to Oakland – or not Oakland, Las Vegas, uh, down four, and they punted. And I thought, you know what, they really haven't stopped the Raiders all game. (laughs) And if the Raiders score a touchdown, that's the one way you beat them. You get up by by more than one score, and then you just continue to score. Um, and the the Raiders ended up putting back, ended up going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and uh, I want to throw this out there. I, Jared Jared will attest to this. I told Jared, I think two years ago, that I wanted to see Derek Carr have a terrible year, 
um, and not get hurt, mainly because I thought Derek Carr was good and being wasted with the Raiders, and I thought he would be good for the Saints after Drew Brees left. And now, I mean, you're starting to see it coming back out. John Gruden is a hell of a coach. I didn't think uh, he still had it in him anymore, um, but he's showing that he's excellent at getting his players motivated, putting people in position. I still have questions about that defense because the secondary, the front, I, I don't know one portion of that defense is actually good. Um, but um, overall, I think uh, the game was was a great game to watch. They match up really, really well against the Chiefs. One person I want to give a shout-out to on that team is Darren Waller. Darren Waller might be the I think he's a, I think he's definitely a top three tight end in football. When I watched that game, I was watching him and Kelsey go, and I was like, I really don't know who's better. I mean, that dude is unbelievable. He probably runs a four three forty at tight end, and uh, he's a massive nightmare for everybody. So, um, you know, he's a very very good player. But overall, what it came down to was the Chiefs got the ball back down. Was it four or three? They were down, down three. They were down three. Down four. Were they down three or were they? Oh, yeah. Okay, they they're down three. And uh, this is, it's close to two minutes left. And me as well as everyone else knew what was about to happen. He was about to go down the field and get a touchdown. I would have never felt so confident with my with a team down um, in, a, in a bet as I did that night. I almost went on a bet extra on the Chiefs as opposed to hedging because I was like, we know what's going to happen. So um, he's got a ton of weapons. Pat Mahomes can make every throw in the book. Um, somehow uh, Jonathan Abrams decided he was going to run up and try to tackle Pat Mahomes and leave Travis Kelsey wide open in the end zone. Um, that's another story for another day. I mean, you look at the throws that Patrick Mahomes is making. That one play he made rolling out to the left, and throwing back across his body to Travis Kelsey like twenty yards downfield on the money. I mean, only only yeah. he can make that throw. Yeah. So I mean, you're looking at uh, a transcendent talent who is at this point operating at the highest level. Eighty five. What you got on this topic, man? Your boy Pat Mahomes. Man, Mahomes is a monster, man. Hey, Jared, I have one caveat. Yeah. One caveat. You 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 cannot bring up Deshaun Watson. I never bring up Deshaun Watson. Y'all bring up Deshaun Watson. So, with that being said, uh, I think I think Mahomes is playing at an incredible level. I think uh, he sh- he should be the favorite for the MVP at this point. I think he secured it. Um, I think the interception. Uh, oh when yeah, I, when I and I said earlier this year, I thought there were some. He, he got he got bailed out with a lot of interceptions that he should have that he threw that probably should have been picked that were dropped. He had an interception this game that was not his fault at all, and it should have been on receiver. Um, there was a route where the receiver was supposed to be coming back towards the ball. You saw the DB fall. The receiver goes rogue and turns, and you see from a different angle that Mahomes had already let go of the ball. He knew where the receiver was supposed to be. The receiver moves and gets a pick, uh, and that's what allowed the Raiders to stay in the game because a touchdown there, that was 20 seconds ago before half. Touchdown there would have given them a halftime lead, and they get, got the ball coming out of halftime. Uh, but, man, I give a ton of credit to the Raiders. Um it was a game where the it it had all the writings or all the makings of a Kansas City blowout. Uh, Vegas made off big on this game. Um, it was the most bet line in the league because here's here's what you're dealing with. One, the Raiders uh, had ten players on defense who were isolated for the week and didn't practice due to COVID. Had three of the guys that three starters that actually missed the game for COVID. 
They had played Kansas City before and had already beaten Kansas City. And the only team that had beaten Kansas City in the last 377 days, so over a year. So Kansas City was already mad and trying to do that. And then after they beat Kansas City in Kansas City earlier, they took their bus and did laps around Arrowhead Stadium just to, just to rub it in. And so all this narrative had been how mad Kansas City was. And Kansas City tried to tried to blow them out, and they couldn't. Oakland's for real. And, um, you know, you, you, you take out – there's a couple of these games where they've had bad breaks like this. They played um, New England, I believe it was, where their entire offensive line had to get uh, – was out for the entire week and didn't get to practice due to COVID pro- protocols they had this week. Uh, but they're a really good team, so I give them a lot of credit. And Mahomes, man, Mahomes is playing. The the thing I always tell people that, I, I, regardless of what happens, I think uh, I, I never I never slight I, I slighted Patrick Mahomes when he first came out, and I probably three games in, I said I was wrong on that one because I, I I watched him play a little bit in college, and he was such a gunslinger, and I didn't really see a structure. And then I heard the rumblings out of their training camp that he he had thrown like three straight interceptions on three straight passes in training camp right before he was about to start, and I was like, this guy's gonna be a bust. Another Big 12 quarterback who didn't play versus the defense who, you know, Kyle Bowler, strong arm and just sucks. And I saw immediately I was wrong, but, I mean, this guy could go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. He has that ability, and he's had a situation where he's set up to do that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they do throughout the rest of the season. I'm looking forward to them matching up versus Pittsburgh. I think that game is going to be amazing with Pittsburgh's defensive line, with their ability to provide pressure, and with their – Big time receivers going versus Kansas City's defense as well. All right, fellas. Um, so before we get into the bets, um, let's talk about something that's very, very important. It is our hundredth episode. Congratulations, brothers. The me bros it's been it's one it. hell of a journey. Uh I for one have a uh, a glass of Uncle Nearish right here. Mm-hmm. So we can do a virtual cheers to our hundredth. Your, your boy has some hey. uh, cinnamon toast crunch in his drink. If you guys don't know what that is, it is. I made. I, I gave it on the, the second second recipe. It's uh, and yeah. To make the one drink is one shot of Fireball and um, two time two shots of uh, rum chata. But right now, I probably have had about three shots of Fireball, and you can do the rest of the math. Yeah. Shout out to you, man. Well, I have Cheers. 100 episodes, I have a man. glass of uh, ice-cold water. So, yeah, cheers. All right, man, let's talk about some of these bets, guys. Um, Jared, you were uh, – both of you guys were down $600 uh, last week. Yep. So not a good week. But Jeremy's uh, down $600 for the for the season. And, Jared, you're up $200 for, this, for the season. So um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Um, down 600 bucks, man. What do you – What's your uh, plan to turn this turn this thing around, man? Honestly, I had about ten bets uh, that I liked last week, and I bet them all in real life last week. But I said, "Hey, I am going to bet the ones that I like the most uh, in this week," and it didn't work out that way. So, games that I bet that I missed on, the Vikings somehow managed to lose to the Cowboys. I'm not exactly sure how that happened. Um, it was uh, an awful game by them. The Cowboys played their best game of the season. Uh, and, hey, that's what happens when you play a game and don't show up. I guess they, they got a little overconfident um, from uh, winning two games in a row. So, yeah. 
Uh, another game I bet. I bet the Jets wouldn't cover eight and a half points against the Chargers. And somehow they decided to score a touchdown in the last two minutes of the game in order to ruin that and only lose by six. So that was another game that I picked um, in, the, in the game from last week. Uh, the game that I won, obviously last night, I bet that the, uh, that the, uh, that the Rams were going to win that game. So that was one that I, I was very, very sure on or very, very confident in, and, uh, and they were able to pull it off. Uh, another game that I'm just going to talk about the bad luck, I bet the Bengals plus two points against uh, Washington. Uh, they were up with the ball, and then Joe Burrow, uh, you know, hopefully recovers very soon, but takes a, a gruesome knee injury, and then they get blown out from that point on. I'm pretty sure they win that game without it, but, hey, what can you say? Um, that happens. And lastly, from last week, um, the games that I picked, I um, oh, I, I bet the Ravens uh, plus six against the Titans. They were up. Double digits, blew the game, got the overtime, um, and Derrick Henry ran over him like he did in the regular in the postseason. So uh, those are the games from last week. Um, I will say, I in my actual bets um, going into last night, I, I bet nine games going into that, and I was uh, up two dollars, and then I won last night. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually up for the week from last week. So let's see if I can get that some of that momentum to go into this week. Uh, I'll give you some of my week twelve lines. So. Um, all of these lines I'm actually going to give you are lines that I actually bet because, uh, these lines this week is, I mean, honestly, I'm a really, really big fan of some of the lines this week. There's some week where you go in and you go, man, the, the, uh, odds makers did themselves a, a favor by, you know, putting a whole bunch of, um, tough lines up, but this week I'm pretty straight up. So uh, I got the Texans minus two and a half, um, uh, against the lions. I think the line is going up to minus three now. Uh, on Thanksgiving, I think that's going to be a very, very uh, easy win for the Texans. Uh, I also bet the Giants minus five and a half. They're playing against the Bengals. The Bengals are missing Joe Burrow. Um, Ryan Finley is going to be their quarterback. Um, for for years, everybody's been telling me, uh, you know, you need to give Carl, um, you need to give Colin, Ka- uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, a chance. If there's ever a team that could give Colin Kaepernick a chance, it's the Cincinnati Bengals because they don't have a legitimate, decent quarterback on their roster, and they've got like six weeks left. So um, I, I took the Giants in that game. Um, I've got the Dolphins minus six and a half uh, playing against the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets. What do you want me to say? Um, the Saints minus six at Denver. Uh, honestly, I think that line is way, way, way too low, mainly because our defense was going to shut them down. And if you're talking about, you know, low temperatures right now, it's looking like um, uh, low 40s is going to be the high. Uh, Four o'clock tip off, I guess, kickoff. So what happens if it's really, really bad temperatures? Oh, you just got to have Taysom Hill running around. All right, cool. That sounds good. Um, and then lastly, um, I've got the Seattle Seahawks, minus five and a half. Uh, Seattle is playing against uh, uh, the Eagles. That's like the easiest game ever because Carson Wentz is god-awful, and that team is god-awful. So um, those are my five games for this week. I intend to be 5-0. and I'll be plus 400 after this week, and let's make it happen. All right, sounding confident, Jared. Uh, let's talk about your week, man. What happened to your six hundred bucks? Well, let's, let's see. My my team kind of got sabotaged on my picks. Um, I picked the Cardinals over the Seahawks, and Kyler Murray got injured early in that game and could no longer really run the ball. 
Um, and that's a big part of their offense. I think they're 0 and 6 in games where he hasn't rushed the ball for over 20 yards or something. He had like 14 yards on a couple scrambles, but didn't want to get hit on that shoulder. Um, had a last chance, a last second chance to try to score um, and to tie the game up the center in the overtime versus the Seahawks. They ended up losing by seven, so that was 0 and 1. I picked against my Texans because I saw the Patriots run the ball all over the Ravens, and I expected that the Texans, who had the worst rushing defense in the NFL, were going to allow it to happen. To my surprise, um, our defense played extremely well. Justin Reed had the best game I've seen him play all season. Uh, which he, he was a stud up until the season, so I, I'm hoping that that um, brings some, some new energy. We played a few of the younger guys, got some got some guys. John Greener got his first uh, – Jonathan Greener got his first uh, sack of his career. He was the SEC sack leader for Florida last year. We just had him playing him. So, look, hey, we, we look pretty good on defense, and Deshaun Watson – accounted for 96% of our offense. He had 380 out of our 395 yards of offense. Uh, right now he's on pace for uh, 88% of our team's total offense, which would be the most by any player in the last decade. Um, so that's a, that's a semblance of what the Texans are. But, hey, look, they, I picked the Patriots to cover the two-and-a-half. Texans won, so that was a loss, 0-2. I picked the Falcons uh, to cover five-and-a-half versus the Saints. I told Jeremy immediately after I saw they announced Taysom Hill that I didn't like that pick and I wish I could change it because Taysom Hill was not going to give you three turnovers like Jameis would, and that one was a sabotage. Uh, next, I picked the Titans to cover versus the Ravens. They were getting six and a half points. I never got that line. Um, I was correct on that one. Uh, and then the last one was I had the Dolphins covering three and a half versus the Broncos, and um, they sucked it up. So, look, at the end of the day, and it was Tua didn't play well, but that's the thing. About, I, I've been saying about Tua, if I was if I was the Dolphins, uh, and I'm not sure if the, which team will say no. If I was the Dolphins, I would I would have called the Houston Texans and say, Hey, look, I will give you your first round pick back from this year. I will give you your second round pick for this year, and I will give you Tua Tungavaloa for Deshaun Watson. See who says no first. I, 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 because here's the thing about Tua, as as good as I can't afford it. They could. I mean, they're paying two. They're paying two cornerbacks $23 million um, a year. Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, the reality is this. I watched Tua play, and I thought uh, I thought two of the first three weeks. First week he didn't play very well, but he didn't need him to versus the Rams. The last three games, the first three games he had started of his career, they had at least a defensive or a special teams touchdown to kind of bail him out. And it was a, and he played pretty well versus the Cardinals, but it was a lot of play action. It was a lot of, hey, can we design ways to give him easier, clean looks? And – He's a rookie, so I get it. You're going to have some struggles. He looked bad, and then Fitzpatrick came in, tried to win the game, couldn't ultimately get it done. This week, I agree with you. I have, I have a lot of good good picks. I feel really good about a lot of these games for this week. Um, first and foremost, I'm obviously taking my Texans versus the Lions. The Lions lost 20-0 to versus P.J. Walker and the Houston Rough Riders. Wait, wait. He's not in the XFL anymore? No, no. He was in the XFL on the Houston Rough Riders or Roughnecks or whatever they were. Man, shout out PJ Walker. Yeah, PJ Walker for the Panthers filling in for Teddy Bridgewater wins that game twenty to zero. I said I thought he should have been the Houston Texans backup quarterback. They did it for the uh, Panthers, so it, uh, good, good for him. Next, so the, so the Texans that line is at three. Jeremy has moved up to three, so uh, I take the Texans minus three. Next line, I'm taking the Ravens minus five and a half versus the Steelers. Um, do I expect the Ravens to win? No, but I think they have a chance. I'm sorry, plus five and a half. Not, plus not plus five, five and a half. That would have been disastrous. Um, do I expect the Ravens to win? Not necessarily. But if they're getting full five and a half points, last time they played the Steelers, they outgained them by about 200 yards. 
The Ravens are the significantly more desperate team, and the Steelers don't blow anybody out. That's kind of their repertoire. They stay in close games for the most part unless they play the Jaguars or the Browns or a couple teams that have awful quarterback play. So I'm going to take the Ravens to cover the five and a half points there. Book that. Next game, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to take the Giants minus five and a half points versus the Bengals. The Giants are three and three in their last six games. They are those three games they've lost out of those six games. They've lost by a combined six points. And that's versus some good teams versus the Rams versus the Buccaneers versus some teams that are really good. Um, so I expect that they play close games against the Steelers, the Ra- yeah, the Rams. They play the only game, the only team that really blew them out all season was Forty Nine ers. That one game where San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco was healthy. Yeah, well, no, I think that was the game that they were healthy. And everybody got no, injured they, no, 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 they got injured the week before versus the Jets, and then they played the Giants without anybody healthy. And Nick Mullins threw for like three hundred gazillion yards. That is right. That. I remember they got, all got injured at MetLife, but yeah, yeah, it was okay, it was yeah. the week before. Um, so I, I expect I agree with you. I expect the Giants to cover five and a half. I probably say they went by at least fourteen, because one of the things that I'm not sure there's one thing that I say is you have to realize what climate you're in and what kind of quarterback you need for that climate. The thing about the Bengals is, and I understand this is their backup quarterback now, but they're they're who's their starter? What's the quarterback's name now? The starting uh, that was at NC State before. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Finley. Finley has the weakest arm of any quarterback in the NFL, unquestionably. And he's going to be playing in a stormy, rainy, windy, cold day in Cincinnati, Ohio. In I think the game is in November still, but the day before December or whatever. I expect that that ball to be fluttering around. Giants to make a lot of uh, you know a lot of turnovers in that game. Book that. Next, I got the Titans covering. They're, they're plus three and a half. Got them covering three and a half versus the Colts. I think the Colts are somewhat flukish. Um, they should have lost the game versus the um, the Packers. They were down 14. If the Packers don't turn it over four times. Some of it unforced. There was a snap where the center tried to snap it to, to Aaron Rodgers and hit his own thigh, and the ball just fell on the ground. I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Um, there was just a fumble at the end of the game. There was a lot of luck involved with that. Um, although I do give Frank Reich a lot, of, uh, a lot of credit for their coaching, I like the Titans to be able to get that win, not only to cover the three and a half, but to win it straight up. Book that in the last game. I 100% agree with you. The Eagles, I told you guys earlier this season that that Carson Wentz was playing terrible. And I I think the reality is he's gotten worse. This guy literally is, I mean, I don't even see a semblance of a guy who understands how to play the quarterback position. He makes throws that are unnecessary. He takes risks that he doesn't need to take. And then he avoids risks that he should be taking. He you watch the game, and you're like, all right, how are you not seeing the read earlier enough to throw it before you get hit? And then he holds it so long till the, the, the DB catches up, and then he's like, oh, now I'm going to throw it. Okay, cool. Well, that's a pick. So um, you're talking about somebody who, who has, like, 14 interceptions. He leads the NFL in turnovers by five turnovers this year over the second place, Daniel Jones. I I don't see any way they beat the Seattle Seahawks, even though that game is on uh, – on a, a late Sunday night game, or sorry, late Monday night game. I don't, I don't give them. And and, and and keep in mind, keep in mind, the Seattle basically has almost two weeks to prepare because they had a Thursday yes. night game. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna throw out the game, one, so. the one other bet as a teaser. If you guys want to throw something out there, I did, this was my sixth game. If I could have bet one, bet the Patriots versus the Cardinals. Patriots are minus two and a half. But here's the thing: the Cardinals are going to be going. 
West Coast to East Coast, 1 o'clock start time in New England with an expected 30-degree temperature. That is not a game that you want <laughs> that team to play in. I, 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 think it's good. I think that game is going to be muggy. I think it's going to be a game where – and low-key, Cam, Cam Newton's played significantly better his last three games. I think that's a game where he plays well, they get a win. So um, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, no, the Cardinals, blah, 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 blah. No, I actually expect the Patriots to get that win, to get to five and six, and to rekindle some people's hopes that they could make the playoffs, even though I don't think it's going to happen. That's all we got, fellas. I was trying to make sure going through the pre-production list, that's all we got. So um, any uh, parting thoughts for the listeners before we get up out of here? Yes, yes, yes. I got three really quick ones. First, uh, shout out to uh, the Clemson soccer team who finished number one in the country, just won the ACC championship, number one seed going to the NCAA tournament. Hopefully they can get a dub, get a, get the first national championship in soccer for Clemson's history. Two, NFL and NBA season starts up in four weeks, the first regular season game, and they still haven't put out the schedule. Please tell me it's LeBron versus Kyrie and AD versus KD. This would be amazing. Even if they put James Harden on there, even better. Whatever. Let's just figure out the schedule. I'm looking forward to NBA basketball again as well. And the last one I went, I wanted to throw out, and I think it's, it's very, very important. Clemson was over Ohio State in the, in the first playoff rankings that came out today. They started off uh, Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson at number 3, even with its one loss, and Ohio State at number four. So we're in good position. We still play Notre Dame again, but uh, shout out to the, the playoff committee for keeping us uh, where we should be, which is higher than Ohio State, who we've never, ever lost to. Oh, hey, last one. Forgot. And college basketball starts tomorrow during the day. North Carolina A&T plays versus number eight, Illinois, at two o'clock. Big Ten Network. Tune in. Hopefully my Aggies can get a dub over a top 10 team. Uh, 2020 has been a rough year. Let's 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 finish it off with a bang. You know, let's get it done. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Pride, well, Jared, to comment on your last comment before that, um, I think the committee doesn't like Clemson. And the reason why they put you guys at three uh, is for a specific reason. The college football playoff has been going on since 2014. Since that playoff has taken place, no team that has started number three in the college football playoffs has made the college football playoffs. I don't think they want you guys to get in there. Trying to jinx you. Uh, just a little heads up there. Um, my last thing I'll throw out: um, Pelicans traded for Stephen Adams. I think that's a great pickup. Looking at this roster for this year: um, Eric Bledsoe, JJ Reddick, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Stephen Adams. <laughs> that looks like a playoff team to me. I'm ready to look and see what it looks like, man. That's what's up, fellas. Well, uh, once again, man, uh, it's been a joy doing this with y'all boys. Happy hundred. 100- hundredth episode um definitely gonna finish this drink right here but uh shout out to everybody who tuned in to us another week um go make sure make sure you follow share us me bros underscore podcast we'll holler at y'all next week happy thanksgiving <laughs>